Hello and welcome to Built by a Boss. I'm your host, Evelyn Brooks, journalist, award-winning producer, author, founder of Wellbeing Platform in My Solitude LA. On this podcast, you'll hear unique origin stories, growth strategies, and meaningful insights from successful female founders and entrepreneurs who are leading conscious businesses and creating groundbreaking careers with intention. Today, Cheryl Ellison Pons, founder and CEO of Dye Technologies Corporation. Her company is leading the way in the game-changing electric vehicle industry. Did you know over 55 new models of electric vehicles are coming out just this year? So if you've ever thought about buying or charging an electric car, investing in a more sustainable energy sector, or just understanding more about the future of the automotive industry, this episode is for you. Cheryl walks us through this new landscape with humor and honesty, and she offers practical takeaway that we can truly use right now. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Cheryl, it is so great to see you. It's been a while. Welcome to the Built by a Boss podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to talk to you today because you are one of those entrepreneurial women who always seems to be, and not even seems to be, who's always ahead of the curve in terms of determining the next industry or what we should be paying attention to. And our conversation today will be no different. So you are literally working in an industry of the future. Can you tell us a little bit about, first of all, um, your background, exactly what you do, and then that the new industry that you're working in that we should all be paying attention to now. Okay, well, thank you, Evelyn. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you know me as Cheryl Ellison Pons. Uh, my handle is I am Cheryl Ellison Pons, your enlightened electric vehicle adoption expert. And the name yes. of my company is Die Technologies Corporation. We market we supply, we sell, and we also install electric vehicle charging stations. So I just bought a Tesla and I have a home and I have some space and I need a charging station and I call you, tell me what happens from there. Okay, so Evelyn, you would, you might reach out to me through my website at dietechcorp.com and You'll, you'll get in touch with us. You'll either send us a note or you'll give us a call. And you say, hey, I need an EV charging station. I'm basically going to ask you a few, a, a litany of questions. Like, where do you want to install your charging station? And you'll say either my garage or you'll say, I want to install it on the parking pad in my backyard or my carport. Or you'll say, well, I want to install it on the street. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll say, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and I'll have to break it down to you in a really nice way. And break it to me gently. <laughs> you usually call your city council person and, you know, start getting active. Unless you are the mayor. <laughs> Unless you are the mayor. <laughs> start getting active. Start getting active uh, with your local, uh, your local politician. Right. So then, um, and then I'll just ask you questions, a series of questions like, where's your electric panel? 
Um, is it is it direct access or do I have to come all the way through your house? Like some people, their panel is on one side of the house and their garage is on the other. Do you live in a townhouse? You know, it's, it's things like that. And then I'll give you an estimate of what I think, where I think your installation will fall. And so if you want to move further, then I'll come out, bring my electrician, we'll price it out. And you like the quote that we give you, we'll install it. And we can also order your um, electric vehicle charging station for you. Or you might have already purchased it and we can go ahead and install it. A lot of people have purchased electric vehicles and didn't have a charger at home because they were charging at work. Now they're not going to work and they have to install a charger at home. And they're like, oh, so it's like having your own gas pump at home. It's like having your own gas pump. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and, 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 the, and the costs uh, vary depending on the construction of your house, you know, or whether you have a garage or not. So what do you see in the future? Do you see every individual having their own charging station at their home? Do you see if we all live in one subdivision, we get one charger for everyone and then everybody gets to use it and we pay a cost? How do you see this kind of proliferating um, through, through our communities? Okay, that's a good question. So people who have off-street parking, they can, they, can, they can install their own charging system, whether they're parking outdoors or they're parking in their garage. That's not a problem, right? Um, folks who live in, 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 in communities that have an HOA, and they need to put their charger in the common area, they'll have to get, but they still have off-street parking that's assigned to them. They will need approvals from the powers that be in their HOA, and, and if their neighbors have to sign off on it, you know, so be it, right? The difficult part are the folks who have to park on the street, like in New York and in Washington and Philly. I don't know if they do it so much in LA, but in those places, especially like in, on the East Coast, where we parallel park, where are you going to charge your vehicle? That's part of a um, problem that many municipalities are looking for a solution right now. And it's, it's multi-layered because you got zoning issues, you have right-of-way issues, you've got, what if you park the car, what if you just let the charger stay in the car, you have your neighbors want to charge the car, are we just going to let people charge a car in commercial in commercial districts, are we going to allow the, the charging in residential? You know, so those questions now are getting answered on the um, local legislative level, mm -hmm. the city councils or the county councils. And um, once, once the legislation moves through and we're allowed to access the right of way, then I think it, the, it, it'll change for everybody. We'll get the permits for you. And like I said, assign the electrician to install the charging station. Got it. And so in terms of the cost, so I'm, I'm going to pay you to come out and install it. But does that cost for charging my car now, does that go onto my electric bill? Is that how it's paid for every month? Well, the electricity that you draw from for the charging station, that, that's on your electric bill. But the cost of installing the charging unit in this area, um, that's being, that would be handled out of pocket for the consumer who's buying it or yeah. even the businesses buying it. But however, we're in a really good season 
where a lot of states still have rebates and uh, tax incentive programs where you can offset the, the net cost of your charging station. Love it. Well, this is exciting because I have envisioned myself in a Tesla. And so now I'm just like, I'm just going to call Cheryl and <laughs> we're going to install it without the city council or mayor. And, and then we're good to go. And, and so, and then what I can also, I, I literally could start a side hustle though, if I have one, because then I can have other people come to my charging station and use it, right? And they can like pay me a monthly fee. Like I'm, I'm coming up with a new business right now. <laughs> you know, some, you know, early on, some people did do that. The thing is, really? the charging, the other thing, this is what I'm talking about, lifestyle, right? The, um, there's level one, level two, and level three chargers. Level one chargers are getting ready to become obsolete. And the reason why is because in order to charge your car, it would take, they, the, the manufacturers would tell you, oh, it'll take, you know, eight to 12 hours. But in real life, it plays out to be closer to front to uh, 12 to 24 hours to charge it. To charge it. Right. That's basically using the outlet, the standard outlet that you have to power up your computer or whatever. And then what we sell are for, for residential customers, we sell level twos. And for residential and for commercial customers, we sell level twos and level threes. So level twos are basically two on uh, 240 volts up to about 50 amps of power that you can charge your car with. And depending on how your car is designed, your car can be fully charged within four to six hours on a level two charger, whether it's at your house or it's a commercial grade charger. Now, if you, per, if you have the benefit of accessing a level three charger, which is 480 uh, volts of power, those are the big ones. The Tesla, Tesla has them out in the marketplace. Electrify America has a few of them. Um, from coast to coast, not a few of them, it's more than a few of them. They have a coast to coast network from New York, all of, Jacksonville to LA, and I think it's New York to LA. Mm -hmm. And those, they, those are the, what they call either the superchargers or the level threes. And those can get cars charged within an hour to like four hours max. Woo, that's powerful. Explain to us what this industry means to our future. How is this going to change our everyday life? Okay, so the first thing I want your audience to think about electric vehicles, they're more than just cars, okay? What we are looking at is an, a new era in, in, in automotive history. It's a hundred years, or a little more than a hundred years since Henry Ford rolled a Model T off of the assembly line, right? And nothing really in this business has changed since then, right? Okay? Because all the vehicles are gas fired, right? And now we're talking about changing the uh, medium or the fuel and how we power the vehicles. We're talking about electricity. So what does that mean? It means that there are opportunities for new businesses, there are opportunities for new careers and there are opportunities for new uh, educational opportunities. 
Because right now there's a playing field and it hasn't been created yet. Mm. All right. Mm. So you, so your audience, if you're, if there's someone so interested, they have a chance to have a say in how this business is going to be shaped. This industry is going to be shaped. Okay. So that's the first thing, right? That, that there are careers that will occur in the next five, 10, 15 years that didn't exist, that don't exist today. Right. As the same way, there are careers that will disappear. All right. Mm. But the thing is, the future holds, there's opportunity and we have to go for it. And what are those opportunities? I mean, things as simple as, you know, how to, how to fix a charging station. But because we don't have gas in the car, the zoning for EVs are different. So you don't have to go in East buh, 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 buh. <laughs> to open a dealership now. Remember, the Tesla showroom was in a lot of places where it was in shopping malls. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so what does that mean? That's a different type of real estate play for a person who wants to sell electric vehicles. Right. Now, if you're interested in becoming a dealer, but you don't have the money to be to own a franchise, that's something new right there. You know, it's, mm. it's just totally different because you don't have the hazmat issues related to an electric vehicle that right. you do with an automobile. The environmental right? issues. Environmental issues. Everything, everything changes. Okay. So even the licensing is different. You still probably have to get a dealer's license, but the things you have to do to own the physical space, different, okay? And also the tech. Say you've always wanted to go to automotive school, but you cannot get, you don't have the economic opportunity for that. Well, there are junior colleges right now that are offering scholarships for people to get to become technicians for electric vehicles. Right now. Okay, do we, do we all need to go back to junior college right now? <laughs> okay. But tell me about your barrier to entry because you are one of a, just a few people that are getting into this industry and the only woman of color that I know. Um, so tell me about that journey and, and how you were able to put the pieces together to get your own company. So what happens a lot of times you know, we get locked out. You know, African-Americans get, get locked out. Black folks get locked out because we tend to wait until it becomes a thing, right? But it's too late because then all the walls have been set up. And what I learned from my experience um, with the developer, he had a lead background and he had he was a black development company and they had difficulty basically breaking into the market. And they decided very on, he shared this story with me, very early on, they got their lead designation as a lead architect or something, uh, very early. I think either lead developer or lead, but they had a lead designation. And lead stands for leadership in engineering, energy, and design, okay? And so he, he became a specialist in, um, highly efficient design for large buildings, you know, places where you, you go shopping or the hotels or, you know, commercial buildings, multifamily, mixed use, 
those big buildings that are over 100,000 square feet. And he became an expert at it very early on at LEED. And people who were denying him access as a developer in New York City, once he became LEED, they couldn't deny him because there were so few people across the board who had those credentials. Ah, so, so, all so his said, expertise was undeniable. So I knew that I needed to go in early, but not so early that I would run out of steam like I did with the film business, right? And so, and so that's the way I looked at, um, that's the way I look at the uh, electric vehicle business. It's still in its embryonic stage. And there's no one to hold me back because everyone's scrambling trying to figure out what the industry is about, okay? And right now, I'm at the point where I can become, I am expert because yes. of the research I've been doing over the years and continue to study and everything and to have the opportunity like now to speak about it. There are no barriers to entry, but maybe in two years there will be. So here's my question. We know that this transformation in our society is coming. So what do you think is going to shift the momentum in terms of bringing the price down so that it does become more accessible for the person who wants to buy an electric vehicle? And then also the, the need for more charging stations will present itself. The one of the things that drives the cost of the electric vehicles are the batteries the battery that's inside that you use to power the vehicle. And the reason why is because the battery needs a lot of rare earth materials, okay? And the demand as EVs, as EVs proliferate in the marketplace, the demand for batteries, of course, are gonna grow. And right now, the research is being done to lower the cost of battery production, battery manufacturing, innovate batteries so they're more efficient, okay? And they're easier to build. And of course, they take they require less materials. And, it's what, and we're gonna go through the same cycle with the batteries that we did, you know, for the car batteries that we did for like the batteries that use Energizer bunnies. How do, how, how did EverReady and Duracell make their batteries more efficient and last long, because Evelyn, you remember, I don't know, oh, I remember you get a battery-operated toy for Christmas, and it was good for an hour. Right. And the battery was <laughs> And it was good for an hour, and your parents didn't go back and get no more batteries. And that toy sat in the, in the corner to next Christmas. <laughs> well, battery, battery technology has grown to the point where the toy might last a week or something like that. You know, right. Yeah, for Christmas. Well... It's very similar for the automobiles is that they're looking to grow the battery charging uh, capable or the battery storage capability. You know, the cars first came out, they might have been 200 miles, 100 miles, 200 miles. Tesla is uh, working on their 500 mile range, um, their long range batteries. They have one that's already out that's 300. Your average vehicle is about 250. That's driving, that's driving a lot of the cost. And just like sheer competition, mm-hmm. you know, um, that helps drive the cost. And being able to leverage the technology that was created by Tesla and and some other folks who had ventured into the electric vehicle business even prior to Elon Musk, being able to leverage 
what they know about electric the electric transportation because because cars aren't the only thing that are electric you know our trains are electric mm-hmm. the train the Amtrak going back and forth to DC is electric I think maybe even all of the Northeast corridor on Amtrak is electric and so the technology has been there it's just you know how we harness it and make it available for you know the automobile the, the competition. And the, and the smarter the manufacturers get about how to make the cars and make it more, make them more, um, the process more predictable and consistent over time. And as they get smarter about that, the price should go down just like with any other manufacturing process. So right. it's going to take some time. But this year, yes. this year is hot okay. because there's like 55 new electric vehicle models that are going to be released. And most of them are coming from traditional uh, dinosaur d- juice drinking auto makers. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, so um, what do you think is the impetus for that? Are they seeing the, the money? I mean, what the, I mean, I know, I'm sure it's not like the environment. I know that's a part of it because we all need to mm-hmm. focus on that, but Money has been the reason why people have stayed in industries where, you know, we use fossil fuels. And so if there is money to be made on this side, that always seems to be the driver for people to collectively come together to create new technology. So what is the driving factor here for these new companies, these these typical car companies coming out with electric vehicles? Well, they want to stay relevant. You know, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you're a Ford, if you're part of the Ford family and your grandpa, your great, great grandpa built this company, you know, a hundred years ago, are you going to let it go away? Are you going to let Elon Musk eat your lunch? Hell no. You're not going to do that. So are you going to be blockbuster and ignore Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> right. You're not going to let it happen. Okay. The benefit that the, the old, the old guard has experienced, there was a time you know, when Dodge and Plymouth and Chrysler and Jeep, they were their own brands before they got under the Chrysler umbrella, you know, right. before all those companies merged, merged. So they've had the benefit or the history of knowing what happened at the beginning of an industry, and then they got down to the big three, okay? And how did that happen? It was their ability to keep up with the trends and innovate and keep up with the technology. Now, that's what's obvious to consumers. The other thing is, we got to get off this oil thing. We've got a, we're looking at a geopolitical situation that is, uh, could be a threat to national security, okay? Mm-hmm. So you have a situation where the folks who produce the oil or sell the U.S. oil, they are getting out of the oil business. Right mm-hmm. now, they're working on the day that oil is not going to be available. Yeah, which so, is the which is the issue? Which is the issue? So <laughs> we need to stop. So the guys who selling the oil is Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Ukraine. They're working now today to get out of the oil business. Why wouldn't the folks who buy the oil prepare themselves to get out of the oil business? Exactly. So we have to do that. So um, yeah, it's money. It's it's yeah. Follow the money, but the. Uh, I would say the the driver 
of where the money's going is 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 not always so obvious. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And so as you start this new business, what has been what have you drawn on most from the experience that you have with other companies that you've started? And what has been the biggest challenge in building this new company? Okay. What have I drawn on most? Oh, uh, my prayer life is much better. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real. My prayer life is much better. Um, I have drawn on maturing. I've had to raise my emotional IQ, you know, and just, and just understand like life happens, right? Um, I've had, I've experienced a lot of heartbreak around owning a business and that heartbreak could just take me into a whole nother direction when it's just, you know, part of being an entrepreneur, right? And didn't really understand that. And so um, what I wanted, I've drawn on um, being a part of the right community to Mm -hmm. get support in my journey. And um, so I'm attached to two communities that basically are really around personal development um, and they, and a lot, there are a lot of entrepreneurs or people who are working on their second act or part of but the most important thing is my morning routine. I didn't have a morning routine. You know, most of my life, I did not have a morning routine that was for me. It was a morning routine for work, you know, get up, get ready for work. Right mm-hmm. now, my morning, now I'm waking up at like four forty-five. Girl, me too. I get it. <laughs> Every day. I get you know, it. So I can be, so I can, right now I'm reading um, Magic by Rhonda Byrne. Yes. Uh, she's the author of The Secret. The Secret, right. I'm reading, this is about gratitude. And um, I'm reading this book. I usually read, uh, I read some sort of devotional, pray every morning. Um, I've been a part of a prayer group that got up every morning and prayed from 5.30 to 6, you know, daily. We're on hiatus right now. But I have a, an accountability group that I'm a part of every morning from 6 a.m. to 7. We set our intentions. We talk about our goals for the quarter. We set our intention for the day. And the expectation is that internally that we're going to check that, that, block, that, that box off, right? And that's yeah. been very, very helpful. And then I just have a lot of structure. I just have a, I just have to discipline. I've had to discipline myself to be more structured. I'm the type of person, yeah, I can get it done, but I'm exhausted at the end, right? Right. So now the structure has helped. And, um, you know, that's, that's what I've been, that's what I've been drawing on. What gets you up in the morning? What, why is it important for you to be an entrepreneur? Where, Where does the passion for it come from? Well, <laughs> I'm not really good with being told what to do for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Say word. What do you do as a leader in your own company to inspire? Like, what what is your ambition as far as your company? How would you like to be seen in the world as you move forward? 
in this burgeoning industry? You know, um, I want to be hugely successful, you know, not only financially, but also the impact. I would like to see more uh, women, more Black folks in general, get involved in this space around clean tech and sustainability, mainly because we are the most impacted by uh, environmental injustice. Okay. Explain that, because that's so a really important point. So environmental injustice means that your community is more prevalent to be exposed to toxic waste, uh, emissions, um, pollution in general, um, maybe closer living closer to a landfill because of your, your the social economic standing of your community, right? And our urban centers, and particularly uh, in neighborhoods where there are black and brown folks live. We don't normally live in the high-end neighborhoods, right? We live in, a lot of times, it's moderate to low income. And then what, what happens, okay? You're already in the city, so there's a lot more pollution. Then, and then most of the asthma that our children are experiencing is a result of, um, is a, is a result of the pollution. And then the, and then the other part is that there's a tendency to build housing for our communities in places where the, um, there, there has been no remediation. It might be a brownfield, okay? The ground's poisonous and people can get sick living on top of it. Thank you so much for giving us food for thought and something to think about in terms of, you know, our future and helping us to think about something new that we can all pay attention to right now so that we don't have to wonder what happened or because or why we didn't get involved because you and I, Cheryl and I told you. Get get in. Come on, get, come on, get in. And uh it's it's, it's inevitable. It, yeah, it's inevitable. You don't even have to wait. And you don't have to get a test. I mean there's all kinds of vehicles out there. And uh and this year is it like I said, it's 55 new models and a lot of them are coming out from um are being released by the traditional manufacturers. And some people they want they're, they don't want a Tesla. They want the uh, Mustang. So, you know, for creating the Mustang. Some people want that caddy they saw, saw during uh, the Super Bowl. So they yeah. some yeah, folks that, want that the was new gorgeous. Phone. Yeah. You know? Everybody's getting in the game. Everyone's getting oh. in the game. So get the car you want. Yeah. And, and eventually it will be commonplace and we will all be able to be a part of the future of that and investing in the future of that, mm -hmm. as opposed to just being consumers, which mm -hmm. I think is really important. So Cheryl, I just want to thank you. I always ask a couple questions at the end. One of them we talked about already. Um, you talked about your routine, your daily routine, your morning routine. And so I feel like what, what you shared with us was perfect. And so now um, the other question I always say, you know, you are on Built by a Boss podcast. And the idea of the word boss for me is always something that varies from woman to woman. And it's not the external, like I'm a boss. I got all these 
physical material things. It's so much more to it. Um, and so as you're, as you think about your life as an entrepreneur and, and what you glean from all the powerful women that you have encountered in your life, what is your definition of a boss? She matters. Yes. She, she matters. And she has, she has the say over her life. Mm. That's what it means. That's what it means to me. She chooses. She chooses. She chooses and she chooses, she chooses. And if it doesn't work, she gets to choose again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She makes a different choice. Yeah, exactly. That's a boss. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So Cheryl, how can people get in touch with you, whether it's IG, Facebook, your company, your website? Give us a little information. I'll have it in the show notes, but what okay. would you like to share? Okay, so you can reach my company via our website at uh, dietechcorp.com and it's spelled D-A-I tech T-E-C-H corp C-O-R-P.com. Our primary social media outlet is LinkedIn right now. So you can look me up on LinkedIn at Cheryl Ellison Pons and that is spelled with an S. Uh, Cheryl spelled with an S. And we also have a company page on LinkedIn and we just started, we just started our Facebook page. Awesome. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for being with us today. I learned so much and I hope that everybody listening learned as much as I did and that people will be getting in contact with you. So thank you. Thank you. Um, and um, I, I can't wait till you're on the Forbes list. <laughs> Girl, that'd be nice. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Built by a Boss. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like this episode and found it valuable, please take a moment to leave a five-star review and a comment. It really helps other people find us who might like the podcast. You can subscribe on your favorite platform and also follow us on Instagram at Built by a Boss or In My Solitude LA. If you're interested in more content about wellness, mental health, entrepreneurship, and spirituality, be sure to visit our website, inmysolitudela.com, and check out our workshop offerings. You can also sign up for our newsletter and receive 15% off your first purchase. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time, be kind, be brave, be better, be a boss.